Hi everybody, we are Matt and Kevin and welcome to Season 2 of the Believe in Overwatch League podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Please like, rate, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms. You can also find us on social media at Believe in OWL and Believe.com. This week, we talk about the Overwatch League matches, Sinatra's retirement, and the news with the Vancouver Titans. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to week 12 of the Believe in Overwatch League podcast for season two. Um, Hope you're all dealing well with whatever weather you're having in California. At least we're having a bit of a heat wave right now. Um. And I wasn't prepared for it. And it's kind of like California weather in itself is very, um, it's very bipolar depending on where you are. Like, and I know, I know in LA and a lot of the times it can be like hot, then rainy, then cold, and then like overcast and like blazing bright sun all in an afternoon. Uh, I don't know about how it is in San Francisco. What's it like up there? Uh, usually it's just all fog. It's like fog 80% of the time, but it's not until you step outside that you realize like, oh, do I need a sweatshirt today? Can I get away with, you know, just shorts? What, what can I get away with? You don't know until you go outside. Um, but yeah, we do have those pitches. Like right now it is really warm. It's like, I think it's like 82 degrees or something like that outside for no reason. And it shouldn't be this warm. Yeah, I think it's I think it's roughly high 80s to mid 90s in LA right now. Um, I guess the benefit is it's like our air is a lot cleaner since people aren't on the road anymore, so it's like not as muggy and hot and like oppressive. It's totally breathable. Uh, it feels fresh, uh, but once again, it is kind of a weird temperature to have, especially during this time of the year. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because like I don't know about the rest of the country. But in LA, it felt like a very different year because it's been so um, it's been so rainy and, and wet for the last couple months that like for the most part temperatures were lower than they usually are this time of year. But like I just saw a news report that for the rest of the world we're still on track to be the hottest year on record so far. So that was a bit of a shock for me. Anyway, how's your week been, Kevin? Uh, it, it's been okay. Uh, the PC that I was trying to build for my birthday ended up having a faulty motherboard, so I'm returning that. Um, other than that, like, it, it's just been a really weird week. Uh, we're going to dive into a lot of the news, but especially for my San Francisco Shock team, it's a really, it's a really weird hit. Yeah, I mean, I, on, on some ways I was expecting that news in... In others, it just kind of seemed sooner than I was expecting it to happen. Uh, on my end, I got to... Well, two things kind of happened. I did not win that competition that I entered with my stand-up. I lost to a, a little girl who was doing singing, which... I mean, she had the cuteness points on me. I'll give her that. I'll accept my defeat on there. Um, but whatever. It's like I, I can just probably enter some other month if I feel like it. Or hopefully just wait until this is all done because it's so weird trying to do stand-up without an audience. Um, The other guy who did comedy, like, just submitted an old video of him doing comedy in an actual club. So he he had that over me. So it was like actually watching a stand-up special. Um, But I also got to host a a virtual campfire for the camp that I volunteer for over Zoom, which was a lot of fun. I got to make fun of my friend for not having Animal Crossing for about an hour and a half um but yeah uh, <laughs> i mean like yeah you're playing uh, other I don't games. Have I don't doing, so you have an excuse <laughs> you're you're doing you're actually doing things with gaming so i have to give you a pass on that i guess uh yeah and then yeah for the most part it is just like you know weathering this weather for some reason um and just surviving the week um I'm also going to be taking my shot at uh, at Valorant since there is currently okay, okay. like tournaments being ran for that. So Already? Um, I'm going to be doing a tournament. Yeah, there's there's a tournament um, for Northern California that I'm going to be casting. It's called the Ronin Rumble. Um, that is going to be on May 1st. So I'm going to be uh, taking my stab at that. Um, 
but my love is still for Overwatch. I'm still down to cast any Overwatch games that happen, um, especially on the collegiate level. Like that's still like where I kind of live. So it's mm-hmm. uh, it's a lot of fun. I'm very curious. What is the strength of like the collegiate level Overwatch scene compared to the actual professional league? Because um, there's a lot of there's always talk about the Overwatch league dying. Um, there's always concerning news about how strong it's going to be or if it's going to be able to survive, but no one ever talks about the collegiate scene. So what's the drive and the retention and the strength like for, for that scene? Um, I feel like it's really strong, at least for Northern California, because that's the only thing that I really know of, um, know a lot about. Um, Tespa does a really good job of keeping all the teams in order and on track to like face each other. Um, and they have a really good system in place. Um, so honestly, I feel like Overwatch for the collegiate scene is only going to remain as strong as the game itself. Um, once again, it does come down to how interested players are going to be um, in the game that is Overwatch. And as long as there's still like some people who are willing to play it and there's still tournaments being held, we're going to have you know a strong scene. Um and as long as Tespa is willing to keep it going, keep it up and running, then yeah, I'll, I'll still be there. Um, but honestly, um, I feel like the thing that we need to address, especially with Overwatch, is why are players leaving? Obviously, it's not just because, you know, a brand new shiny game got to go over there. Um, it's also like there's a lot of struggles, at least right now, with like Path to Pro. Um there's a lot of people who are saying it's not really worth taking the shot to go pro um, because there's no guarantee that you can go from, you know, from open division to contenders. And then even if you win contenders, you can't make it to the league. So there's a lot of that still up and running and still a lot to, to think about. Yeah. I think that's one of my biggest issues with um, team signing streamers, which is right off the bat. It's that, you're not you're kind of um it's insulting to the people who followed the method that you initially put in place and gave you your time and trying to go for that goal it's like i compare it to how um some filmmakers like tyler perry are just signing um social media influencers right now for their films they're not picking up-and-coming actors they're not picking, picking people with actual talent um they're just picking people who have an internet following and will get eyeballs and who have bodies that people think are attractive and will want to do certain things to, because that's why they get the likes and the followers and the eyeballs. So um, I think it's on one hand, you, the companies are going to do what they're going to do to think to, to that, what they think is best to, to make money and to um, bring a following to their team. But on the other hand, it's not good. I think, for the industry and for the people who are um, who are trying to do it, th- things the traditional way and um, putting their time, blood, sweat, money, and tears into to growing themselves. Anyways, um, speaking of people leaving and speaking of Valorant, shall we get into the news for this week? Yeah, I'm totally down. All right. So this bit of news just happened today. Um like I said earlier, it's been a long time coming. The rumor mill has uh, swirled for a, the past couple weeks, uh, but Sinatra finally announced that he is retiring from the Overwatch League to play Valorant. Um, this all started when he said that he was going to start streaming Valorant as soon as the beta dropped, so people were speculating that he was going to leave the game. And um, I don't actually think he was really prepared to announced this today because if you look on his twitter he's like oh shoot i wasn't expecting this information a leak let me make it twit longer for the first time in my life um but yeah sinatra is leaving the san francisco shock to play valorant as a, a pro um he, he did release a twit longer like i said about his feelings about leaving uh he didn't he didn't spend a lot of time explaining why he wanted to leave he pretty much just said for the last month, he's been toying with the idea, and he just really hasn't he hasn't found the same passion that he used to have. He's not sure if it's the roll lock or it was hero bands, but it just kept getting harder and harder for him to play. And he just spent the rest of the twit longer uh, saying thank you to all of his teammates and saying what he enjoys the most about them. 
my favorite one is his his goodbye to super that pretty much just says five head ha 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 and and on one hand it's not saying a lot but i think that if you're able to do that to somebody on a public platform then you know that you're really close as friends sinatra and super were both brought on to the season one team together and they were both too young to even play so it was kind of like we brought them in together as like a part of the team um once again like yeah uh come at coming as a san francisco shock fan like this we kind of saw coming he hasn't been scrimming a lot he hasn't been on the he hasn't been playing um but honestly like I'm totally fine with with him making this decision. I I understand where he's coming from, saying like, uh, was it was it two two two? Was it uh, was it you know hero bands? Like, wh- what is the one thing that like is taking him away from having fun with the game? Um, and he's he's slowly finding out you know what he wanted to do. Um, and honestly, like he did exactly what he wanted in the Overwatch League. You know he. He won. He won the league. He became MVP. He won the World Cup. Became MVP of the World Cup. Like he, he's done it all. So I'm really glad for him um, as a player, and I'm really excited to see him uh, join the Valorant team, um, which he has been picked up by the Sentinels, which are the parent company of the LA Gladiators. So um, it's going to be interesting to see him along with a bunch of other, um, you know, big names to create the first team at least for them Mm -hmm. i'm looking at some of the responses online both from like fans and people in the act the league still i think my favorite is linkser saying can't wait for the mvp skin uh because assuming that we waited a little bit longer we would have seen the san francisco shock skin come out and maybe seen him play on it for a little bit offline not in the actual league but going back to him playing for the Gladiators team now, do you think they just bought out his contract from the from NRG? Um, I honestly think they did. Um, his contract was probably it's on the final term. Uh, they had him for three years. He was signed to a three year contract. Um, so it had to be the tail end of that. So I think honestly, like the Sentinels probably paid. I believe it's like fifty thousand to get him because he was bought for you know 150,000 um for his original contract so essentially they had to buy him out of that contract and then you know acquire him for the Valorant team um I think that's how it went down um but I also feel like it was Sinatra's like saying like he's not comfortable playing Overwatch as much he's not happy with the game Mm -hmm. um and I do feel that, like, especially like right now, it, it's starting to get into like a really weird dilemma, honestly, for for us as players, uh, especially pro players or players who play on like a really, you know, somewhat high level. Um, there are some weeks where I, I'm just not allowed to play like I can't play a week if I don't do this or I don't have this. Um and with Rolock, like Rolock is fine. I honestly think that's not the issue. I feel like the issue is, you know, the hero pools and just having uh-huh. like, like I understand. Oh yeah, we let's shift up the meta every week, and that's that's fine. But I feel like if you wanted to do that, you would do it with balance changes versus doing it with um, every single week, where it's just like, okay, well, I can't play a shield tank this week. I can't play Reinhardt. Okay, so I have to play. I have to play Arissa. I'm not good at Arissa, so I can't play to the best of my ability. So I have to do something else. Um, so it's really weird. It's just a really weird dynamic right now, um, at least for Overwatch. But I feel like there's going to be a lot of stuff. I feel like later down the line, if Overwatch 2 gets announced and they say like, oh, OK, we're going to pull back some of these things. We're going to make it a fresh new game. Um, it's going to be something that people are definitely looking forward to. Um that's probably the best way to go about it. So um, in my opinion, I feel like uh, there are a lot of players who do share the same sentiment as Sinatra. It's like they, they want to make it big. Overwatch already has its scene. Um, and this is kind of something that's new and fresh that we all have to take our, take our time with. Um, but the Overwatch League is still established right now. It's something yeah. that, you know, is guaranteed and it's still working. So um, I do feel like that is something to at least hold merit to. It's like kind of it's 
kind of a stable thing right now, but we have to see what happens when it comes to, you know, uh, the coronavirus and how it's affecting everybody. It is an established thing and it's got its fan base. I do think it's going to stay around for at least a little bit, but you've always got the doomsayers who are saying that, Oh, every single little thing means that the game is dead, that it's not going to last very much longer. Um, but considering that this was the MVP for the San Francisco Shock, who won the championship last year, who he pretty much became one of the biggest faces in Overwatch. Also, like he kind of even broke into the mainstream being on uh, Jimmy Fallon and stuff like that. But what do you think that do you think that this signals anything for the league having the MVP leave in the middle of a season? Uh, yeah, for sure. I feel like. This is one of those things where Sinatra being the MVP and leaving means that, like, you know, for the league, it means it's open season. Anybody's could be the best at any time because now the MVP that was reigning is now gone. Um, another thing that this also means, though, is players who are willing to take their chance at something different um, have kind of the courage to do so. Um, we've seen a lot of this happen. I'm not going to lie. A lot of this has happened with the tier two scene. We we just saw Envious die, um, which was really, it's really sad. That's the uh, parent company of the Dallas Fuel. They they totally like said, okay, we're out of tier two. We're done. Um, same thing with Gladiators Legion. A lot of like to, Toronto Defiant, uh, their Montreal Rebellion team pulled out. Because they're all either moving to Valorant or they they don't see it as a worthwhile like investment later down the line. Um, why would you play in contenders if there's no proof that you can make it to the league anymore? So that that's the thing that like totally destroyed this. Honestly, if if anything, if I'm the doomsayer here, I'm saying that the lack of structure when it came to Path to Pro is the reason why Overwatch players are leaving. Um, if there was a more rigid system, once again, if there was like a draft that you could only draft players out of contenders would be a good way of doing that. If there was a way of, you know, you had to win an open division title or be at least in top eight in order to get into contenders and then contenders, it's like you have to play a year in contenders or a season in contenders before you can make it to the league. It's things like that that would have made it, you know, more structured, more sound. Yeah. But we are we completely lost that like the the league can sign whoever they want um the the people at the top could just be like okay yeah i want to sign this person this person this person but there's no real way of proving that it's gonna it's gonna be working once again we have like the the season one teams made sense right like i'm not gonna put it beside them to say like oh season one they just signed a bunch of streamers that's exactly what dallas fuel did um, they signed XQC, they signed Seagull, they they signed Taimu. Um, but that was season one. There was no path to pro then. So that's the reason why they signed it. But like Chipsa, I'm going to go on the go on the rant here. Chipsa is a streamer and they picked him up for the Philadelphia Fusion and they don't even play him. All right. It's there. There's so many worthy players and contenders that deserve that spot. And if anything, it's more of a big slap to the face to all the players who have worked their hardest to try to get there. Um, so it's kind of unfortunate. Um, I do feel like the MVP leaving Overwatch is going to turn people to Valorant. Um, it's going to say, like, this is a brand new opportunity. This is a brand new frontier. We're going to take a shot at it. But there are some people who are going to be like, you know what? Overwatch is better for me. This is the game that I need to play. Um for for example, for for me, I like ability shooters. I like being able to rely on abilities a lot. Um, yes, there's abilities in Valorant. Yes, they you do have to think about it. But um, the gunplay is the most important part of Valorant. If you can't aim, you you're garbage. Uh, I'm a tank main. Uh, can't aim, tank main. I should put that <laughs> on a shirt. Uh, that's pretty much what this game is for me. Like I can, like. I, I know when to use fire strike. I know how to bait out shields. I know when to throw fire. I know when to throw shatter. Um, I know when to block. Like all that is like wired into me. Um, but trying to learn different guns and trying to learn all of that is something completely different. Um, and honestly, like 
if people ask me to go and play Overwatch, I'm going to play Overwatch. I'm going to have fun with a team and a stack that way. But if I'm, you know, like if somebody asks me at a higher level, like, hey, let's let's go play Valorant. I'm I'm going to be like, dude, you're you're an XCS pro. I'm not going to touch that on your level. I'm just going to get clapped every round. Like, I don't want to be dead weight, you know? Yeah. Um, but at least in Overwatch, you feel like you have a role. You have you have a reason to be there. Um, mm-hmm. which makes me feel happy to be on a team that way. I think it's just so interesting that like Valorant's not even fully released yet and people are already making moves. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, I, I want to discuss, like, I, I don't want to dive so much further into this because it could become a whole discussion. Uh-huh. Um, but there is a thing that has to do with developers i feel like that's the big difference between like a lot of fps games and especially like overwatch and counter-strike versus valorant so overwatch and counter-strike are coming from developer standpoints where they're thinking oh what's good for the balance of the game like what's you know what's good here um but they don't play at the highest level right so they don't know what it's gonna affect right valorant's development team is made up of ex Counter Strike pros, so that's why they are, there was a team dev on ESPN, and the developers ended up playing against like pro CS players, and they were saying like this is what we do, this is, you know, for a professional level, this is what the balances need to be. Um, they have that insight because they come from that, and I feel like if let's just say Overwatch League pros that are you know retired like jake for example if jake wanted to join a dev team and said like hey this is how this game is working right now we need to tweak this or we need to do this Mm -hmm. that is the best way to do it um another thing as we're discussing sinatra um with sinatra leaving the shock super is now the only member of the original season one san francisco shock team um who is still on the shock uh which is kind of funny in a way because he's the last one to be brought onto the team but he is the last and only person left on the team who played in season one um is it like kind of like krillin on the uh the london spitfire yeah he's the last remaining piece but at least uh unlike krillin super actually has playtime uh (laughs) so yeah it's kind of sad knowing that but at the same time it's kind of cool to see like the shock even though during season one they weren't like the greatest team they actually were like they ended in like ninth or something like that they had the building blocks to create a team they had uh nomi who was probably one of the most like down-to-earth guys i've ever met um dak was really really smart about his play sleepy sleepy was like a cool like weeb i give him that because him and i are on like a similar wavelength um but knowing, like, you know, Sinatra and Super were the youngins. They were the first ones to get in there. They weren't old enough to play, but they were welcomed in. Um, Dante was traded to the Houston Outlaws, and he's still doing great there. Baby Bay was traded to the Atlanta Rain, and he's doing great. Um, and, yeah, it, just, like, everybody else who was on that original team has a place now. Like, they're doing their own thing. Nomi's yeah. coaching on a contenders level, either contenders or open division level. Um, I think the last thing that I heard was Zerocious, who's a good friend of mine uh, from the Bay Area, um, said that Nomi was his coach during the time that he was at UCLA. So he's doing a lot. He's doing a lot there. Um, what else? Uh, yeah, Sleepy is still in in the scene here and there. Um, and everybody else is still doing their own thing. So it's cool to know that you know super's super's the only guy he's the only guy left from the original shock um but he could easily be the face of the san francisco shock now he's he's a cool dude uh he's down to earth and he's just you know five head in the words of sinatra (laughs) oh the five head um let's see is there anything else we needed to, to talk about with sinatra leaving i mean just I just wanted to say that it was for me watching him just completely dominate on the Doomfist during that finale season was oh god that was ama- that was really impressive. Yeah, it it is just an impressive run and especially like 
I at first when they when the San Francisco Shock signed Sinatra, uh, I was not a fan. I'm gonna be tell that right now. Um, only because like I had the luxury of playing against him twice. Oh. Um, like back in the day when I played on like my college team, um, I played with a friend of mine, an an old friend of mine, um, and we queued into him, and he was like the most toxic, like piece of garbage that i've ever met and like i yeah, i was so he was so mad he was just so college. tilting um but then again he he didn't know better he was just like the 16 year old kid which is really good and he's like you know what if you're not good you're just garbage and i don't need to play with garbage um and that was just his whole mentality it was really toxic but um he said you know in his in his full comments from twitter he ended up thanking all the coaches um, and getting those guys were the guys who literally made Sinatra who he is. He, we knew that he had the mechanical skill. It was if he could get his attitude correct and get the, you know, get his brain thinking the right way, he could become the greatest. And he was. Um, and I'm really glad that he thanked his coaches. This is one thing that a lot of people don't consider. Um, they, they say, oh, yeah, the this was the best, like. Like yeah, the the shock are the best, but are they really anything without you know crush crusty nine k and everybody else who's behind them? Like without the the big brain people behind the thing, like the pawns are still pawns. Uh, like it's all about the person who's able to control the pieces that make it work. Um, so I'm really glad that he's shaped into the person that he is today. Um, I hope that he brings that leadership when he goes and plays Valorant. Um we're going to just see what happens with the rest of the, with the crew as well. Um, I I've been watching Sinatra streams uh, for Valorant as well. Um, and he's looking like he's having a lot of fun. And uh, I, I just think that if, if he is going to bring anybody else with them from overwatch league, uh, uh, let's just say Linkser might be the next target. Ooh, Okay, this, this is my tinfoil hat time. He's been queuing with him quite a bit, and they're they're doing really well. So, if if Linkser leaves, that's gonna be another hit to at least your team. <laughs> but yeah, he's, I mean, Linkser doesn't play a lot, which is sad. And they keep banning the the Widow and McCree, which are his yeah. some of his staples. Um, but I think if he does leave, then the Allies are going to be so much worse off for it. Because when he does play, he is a big difference maker. Well, you mentioned Chipsa earlier, so let's let's talk about Chipsa now. Um, I think it's just, it's just become mainstream now to dunk on Chipsa to the point where, like, you, even on the actual Overwatch, like, oh, the actual League streams, the, the casters are dunking on him. Like if I don't know if you guys watched the Philly Fusion match this weekend, but they were playing and apparently Chipsa and XQC made a bet that if if Chipsa did not play this week, then he would owe a million subs to XQC, and he didn't play at all. And then at the very end of the stream, uh, the casters brought up his stats, and it's just literally zeros, zeros for everything, zero. Um, zero time played zero hero kills zero damage done i will say that he is at least in one stat he's the most impressive on the league he's got zero deaths that's kind of hard to do i will give him yeah you know you could have zero deaths if you don't play um (laughs) but honestly like yeah he's been mia he's missing an action uh and i feel like honestly there, there's no reason for him to even be on that team. That team is so strong as is. Why did you sign him to a contract if you're not even going to play the kid? And um, they made such a big deal about signing him. Yes, that that's another thing. They they hyped it up as like, oh, this is going to be a big deal. It's going to be something that is going to change the way how the game is played. Um, it's like, oh, his big comment obviously was, what you'll not know my potential until a team plays around a doom fist, right? Like uh-huh. you don't know how good I am until a team plays around a doom fist. And where are you? Where's your doom fist? Where's the team that plays around you? It doesn't exist. 
So and the thing is, like, that, teams that's the are thing. running Doomfist, but they're not choosing him. Like, the the Philly Fusion have run Doomfist, but it's not Chipsa. Yeah, exactly. So it's really interesting to see how this dynamic plays out. I hope that, you know, I, I hope as a joke, like, they play him at least once, you know? Um, but I just don't want him to go completely under the radar. We we need to at least see him once. Uh, maybe, you know, when, when Gaguri gets gameplay, Chips will get a gameplay, you know, it, some, sometime okay. in the mystic future, we'll get something, right? I was going to say, let Gaguri play it and let her face against Chipsa and just let her wreck Chipsa. Just let it happen. Yeah, they'll, so, they'll let him play Doomfist and they'll just put Gaguri on Roadhog just for fun. Like, <laughs> give him no space. I would, I would live for that. I would live for that match. So another thing that he did was, uh, so Linkser posted about how he wasn't too happy that um, the Korean Widow got banned again, which means that he really can't play because those are his specialties. And then Chipsa tweeted back, sit. And then Linkser said, nah, bro, you've been sitting for both of us, which... I mean, you're really going to go up against Chips on uh, against Linkser on this? Like, Linkser's actually played in the league. Linkser has actual time. You've never played, dude. What are you doing? Yeah, he can't just be there for, you know, egging on people. Like, there, there's a lot of... He talks a lot for not doing a lot. And that's one of the very few things that, like... He, he has nothing to back it up. He can't even play in the league. Like, his, even his own team won't play him. Like, that's how bad it is. Um, especially, you know, the Philadelphia Fusion, they don't want to give up this good run, right? So yeah. why would you even risk it? Um, if anything, I feel like they're just keeping him on as kind of like a like a mascot of sorts. Just like, okay, here's your neckbeard mascot of sorts. Here you go. Um, here's your zero 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 stat line. Uh, have fun with it. I, I honestly hope that... I, I want him to get one time in the league. I want him to have a game. Um, because if he wants to shut up the critics, he needs to get in. But he needs to earn that spot. That's another thing. He needs to not be a one-trick, I think. I think that's part of him. Like He, he obviously can play other players, but he's built himself on that one-trick brand. Um... And yeah, like like I said back in back when they first signed him, it's like you're really you're you're banking your entire career on the hope that the team will build themselves around you or use you when they need this hero as opposed to someone who's more flexible in the match. Eh, not sure that's the brightest way of going about it. It's like it's like if you watch Shark Tank, they're always saying you're not a company, you're a product. He's not a company. He's just a product. Okay, so for more junking news, um, the Titans moved to the Pacific Division. Um, they were playing in the Asian region for a little bit. I mean, I think they've, they've only played, what, two matches in the Asian region? Yeah, they played yeah. two matches so, yeah, and, they, and got dunked completely. They they're just completely destroyed. They were not the Titans that we remember. And so they posted on their Twitter... With the release of the latest schedule and matchups, the Vancouver Titans will be returning to compete in the Pacific Division of the Overwatch League. We are excited to play for our fans and look forward to bringing you more regular season matches. Thank you for your continued support. And um, Super, Mr. Fivehead, came in and just said, uh, Damn, got dominated so hard in the Asia region, you had to come back for some easier wins. I respect it. <laughs> oh, that that's quite the burn. Yeah, I I really do like this kind of egging on though. Like, it, un, unlike some people in the league, you know, Super's got his title. Um, there there's a reason why. Like, this this is a full on rivalry. We're still we're still in it. Like, we might not both be at the top of the league, but you know, the original Vancouver Titans versus the San Francisco Shock season two. You know, that was the matchup. That was the thing that everybody looked forward to. It's one of those things that like when you finish it. It is like one of the greatest matches of all time. Um, even if, like, yeah, sure, it was goats meta. Sure, it was, it was this weird meta. It's it's okay, but they did what they needed to do. They played, they played the way how they wanted to. They didn't have to do goats anymore. 
um, especially during the end of the season. There were just some weird teams. And yeah, it, it worked out in their favor. So I feel like when it comes down to this kind of kind of stuff, you know, the the shock can smack talk the Titans a little bit. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm kind of excited to see Vancouver come back into the Pacific Division. Um, seeing them face off against people in their region, we're gonna see them, uh, you know, against the LA teams, the Shock again. We're gonna have all those matchups. So, uh, it's gonna be really interesting to see how the Titans, uh, play up, especially in the next upcoming weeks. Yeah, like the entire, the entire roster—not not even just the the divisions are changing. It's like uh, cross country play is going to be um, available now. So they're they're going to be facing up against the entirety of America now. The entirety of the North American region is going to be up for grabs for them. So um, hopefully they can figure out what went wrong in the Asian division and. And hopefully they can fix themselves before they actually start playing some some good teams. Um, otherwise, you're just going to get rolled by people like the Philly Fusion or Paris Eternal or the Shock again. So um, they've got a little bit of time to to get themselves up to snuff, but hopefully they fare a little bit better playing against the American teams than they did the Asian teams. So skipping around here, um, speaking of the uh, the Vancouver Titans, you want to talk about uh, the news that you found? Oh yeah, for sure. Um yeah, this is just a little bit of interesting things. I was going around on the competitive uh Overwatch Reddit for a little bit, but it ap- appears that Hawksall, Twilight and Slime um of the Vancouver Titans have removed the Vancouver Titans name from their Twitter handles. Um this is most people think, "Oh yeah, well that's not like a really big deal," but it's not until you realize you know what this could potentially mean um later down the line especially for the Vancouver Titans um there's a lot of rumors that since the since they have acquired like newer talent well Twilight and Slime haven't gotten a lot of playtime and also they're having issues like with their manager and the way how the company is running the team um they're just not happy um in a way so that's kind of the reason why Hawksall has been, you know, MIA missing in action. Um, and Twilight and Slime might slowly follow up after. Um, we we don't know what's going to happen of it. We don't know if they're going to be, you know, moving on to a different game, maybe joining a different team. Um, but it does look like they are not happy with Vancouver right now. So um, mm-hmm. once again, dynamics and shifting of... Uh, Teams, especially at what once were at the very top, uh, is really affecting the way how this works out. Now, this is again more bad news for the league. Um, putting on the the doomsayer hat, taking off that tinfoil hat. Uh, what does this look like to you? I, I, this is again worrying to me, especially with all the trouble that's going on right now, and with the timing of Sinatra leaving. Um, the fact that they're they took Titans off of their Twitters and that they're not happy, um, it's a, it's a bit of a, a danger sign for me. I'm seeing danger signs. Yeah, this is not looking good for the stability of the Overwatch League. Uh, this is one of the few things where, honestly, I I think that if the league wants to still be as good as they wanted to, they they have to make the path to pro a legit thing. And, you know, incentivize viewers to even watch. It's really hard um, right now to just watch the games as is. Because it feels like there's something missing. There feels like, you know... And not only is it the crowds that we're missing. We're missing, like, Twitch chat. We're missing out on, like, just smaller things that made the Overwatch League as good as it was. Um, and, yeah, it, it feels weird. It it feels very weird. Um and once again, Path to Pro barely exists. So if anything, I feel like this is not good news for the Overwatch League. If they want to make their league better and they want to make players, you know, stay, uh, prove to them that this is a legit career. This is something that they can do. Um, and also somehow get the return of investment 
uh, for your companies. I, I talked uh, recently, not recently, probably like a long time ago um, with Andy Miller, who's the owner of the San Francisco Shock. And he said that the homestands, the initial homestands that were supposed to happen this year, was supposed to be the first return of investment for these big uh for these big companies like NRG and you know Envious and all those guys um but with covid-19 they had to cancel it so now they're they're losing money in the league so they're they're feeling that pressure and then they're cutting back on you know commentators so they're losing they're losing that level and so on and so forth so it's just really difficult for anybody to really get anything done I'm just I'm very worried for season three of the Overwatch or season four of the Overwatch League. Um, I think if if something doesn't change, um, I I think we might be uh, we might be in trouble if if yeah if Overwatch two doesn't come out and bring people back in time. Um, this is going to turn into a Valorant podcast. Yeah, yeah. I'll be watching Valorant. I won't be playing because I don't have a Mac. I mean, I don't have a PC. Don't have a PC to play Valorant. Um, but I'll be watching. This is going to be a Valorant podcast. We can we can watch Sinatra again at least. Yeah, exactly. We could we could watch him on Sentinels. But I I definitely feel like there's a lot of players who want to make the hop, but at the same time, like this is something that's stable enough for players they know that okay there is a team i'm gonna get paid um for now at least for now the money's still coming in yeah um but once again i do feel like it the survival of the overwatch league is going to be totally dependent on how well overwatch 2's launch is um because if it's garbo if it's like the same as overwatch one no one's gonna go back like we'll come back for the story mode, and that's it. We'll come back, we'll play, you know, the PvE missions, and then we'll just leave, and we'll go back to playing whatever FPS game happens to be uh, at the top of the charts at the moment. Um, but honestly, I feel like we need, at least the Overwatch League needs to do something with Path to Pro to make it legit. There's no proof that it works, and it's really bumming a lot of us out. I think that there, if, even with the release of Overwatch 2, like, it's still going to be essentially the same competitive base game. They're going to add in, hopefully, some new maps and stuff and um, push mode right at the beginning. I think they have to... They have to release a lot of it very quickly, but also pace it out so that it's not an overwhelming sense of, oh my gosh, this is so cool and new at once, and then nothing afterwards. So... This is going to be, I think, a test in, in pacing and um, doing their best to keep people engaged. Taking a little bit of a break from, from League stuff, we'll go back to it before we end, but I saw a post on uh, Facebook that someone... I haven't played um, Apex Legends since the game came out. Um, I won my first match that I ever played, and then I've been utterly dominated every single other one, so I'm like, okay... I've played it. I think it's cool. Um, it's not Fortnite, so I'm okay with it. But it's it's just not my game. I'm not really. I don't really like battle royale games. But um, according to this post that I saw, uh, Valorant ha- not Valorant. Apex has a system of abandoned game forgiveness. Um, it says uh, abandoned game forgiveness. We have detected you have abandoned your last game through no fault of your own. No penalty will be applied but future abandons might have consequences. Um, And I know this is a big problem that people have with Overwatch is that if you get kicked out of a game for no fault of your own, for example, maybe uh, your internet cut out or the power cut out or or something, um, then you still lose the SR. Um, And if if that happens enough times, then you get a temporary ban or maybe eventually a permanent ban. Um, But... I mean, looking at this, this this shows that it is the te- the technology is obviously there for them to be able to detect whether or not it was an intentional leave or just something happened. So, um, do you think that there's a chance that Overwatch would ever implement this? Because I don't see, I don't think there's any possible downside to them having this in the game. 
it would help literally everybody. Um, but do, yeah, do you think there's a chance of them putting it in? And if so, like, why has it not happened yet? Ah, uh, okay. This is a very touchy topic, especially for me as a competitive player. Um, I do understand lagouts. Lagouts are an issue, and especially if you don't have a stable connection at your house and you lag out and you can't get back into the game, there should be a forgiveness thing. Um, I do appreciate Apex Legends thing. I don't think Blizzard is going to do it. Uh, in short, I don't think Blizzard is going to allow this to happen. This is just something that, you know, Apex is really nice in the way how they're they're going to be like, oh yeah, it, well, it was a connection issue. It, you didn't rage quit, okay? So that's cool. We'll, we'll give you the forgiveness. The real forgiveness for this, though, should be on the team. Whenever a player abandons a match in the middle of a game, there's no autofill for Overwatch, right? So you're playing 5v6, right? Every single time. If somebody leaves, if somebody lags out, it's a 5v6, right? Yeah. I feel like if it does do the thing where it's like, you know, they lag out, they don't come back for two minutes, right? It right. says game is safe to abandon. It should be a safe abandon for the losing team. It should be yeah. no SR hit whatsoever. That's the one thing that needs to change. Like, I do understand if they're like, okay, you know what? Minus 50 SR if, you're, if you lag out. Minus 50 SR if you, like, if you rage quit the game, whatever, right? But it should not affect your teammates. That is one thing that really pisses me off every time. It's like, I did not make the decision to have, you know, a lever on my team. I, it's, you know, the fault of that internet that's making it difficult, right? Um, and it shouldn't punish the rest of the team. Like, sure, give the other team the win. Give them their 25 SR. They fought for that, right? Like, sure, it's all good. But if a full game, especially the losing team, the losing team should not be penalized for a player leaving. Um, unless if it's by their own, you know, fault, right? But if it's by, like, a lag out, it should be, like, oh, there should be some form of forgiveness. There should be some form a forgiveness for, you know, lagouts, not for, you know, rage quits and stuff like that, or dodging in general. Um, it's just minor things like that. Um, yeah. But th if that's my only complaint. Like, if somebody lags out, it shouldn't affect the rest of the players on that team. Winning team uh, should definitely get the SR boost. I think the, yes. the, the losing team should just stay where they are. Exactly. Like, it, it should be a complete draw. It should just be, like, game is safe to abandon, no loss whatsoever. Um, and give give the negative penalty to the person who leaves or has lagged out. Um, but honestly, like, it shouldn't affect the team. Because they got in there, they were fighting fair and square, there should not be a punishment for them. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm not the people at Blizzard who make these decisions. Uh, I feel like they are listening to us a little bit more, but um, it, it might be a little too late at this point. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't think it's too late to, to put it in. I think, again, it's, again, it's a little bit, it's going to be horrendously late to implement this system. But if they did, it would definitely fix a lot of the um, the burnout, I think, that people have. Because a lot of, people that I've played with, they get very upset because people leave or screw up on their team and it, it, then they lose their SR on top of that. And then it just makes them not want to play. Um, I think that a system that doesn't punish the people who did nothing wrong would at least be a start to getting the game back to a more, um, a fav more favorable state. So Blizzard, please like learn from <laughs> what other games are doing fix over yeah honestly like i understand that you guys don't want to you know follow the same mold don't do this or that right you don't want to be a copycat of other games i, I understand that but there are some things that work in their games that you should adopt okay uh one of them like this is just my personal opinion i don't like the hero bands every week but uh -huh. I do like the way how Rainbow Six implements their bands. And that's through like a mini snake draft. It's 
literally like at the very beginning of a competitive game and you know that there's an attack uh attack and defense right for for this kind of thing um attack gets to ban a hero then the defense bans two and then the attack bans one right like if you want to make it very structured just say you know what two dps one tank one one support but it's different for each team so let's say if you are you know the san francisco shock and you're up against the philly fusion right um let's say they ban widowmaker right that's fine that's like an insta hit like okay we don't want to deal with architect on widow that's fine the shock then reply with you know what okay no doomfist so chips is still bench warmer you know keep keep that going um then they'll be like okay well you guys can't play reinhardt so they have to commit to monkey or something like that and the last support is like okay well no lucio so no so no push or no dive or so, stuff like that right so yeah it is questionable in in that case um it, it's just yeah i i feel like if you do that, each team has their own meta that they can form every week, right? Most of the time, I honestly do feel like there's going to be teams that are just going to be like, okay, every week we ban May. We don't want to deal with May. We just know May, okay? The second one is just like, okay, no, you know, like a team that plays against the New York Excelsior might just be like, you know what? No Tracer. We won't deal with Sabio Bay on Tracer, okay? Let's just take that out. But it allows for a little bit of mental play. Um, and then you can decide your roster. It's just like, okay, well, they banned they banned Widow, so let, we could let ANS take a seat. We're gonna put in Rascal and Striker, X, Y, and Z, right? Like it gives you that option to play into certain pieces differently. Um right. and it gives once again, it does shake up the meta. Um, unless, you know, everybody's banning the same things, which I doubt. Um, but yeah, it, it creates a special dynamic. I think that would be definitely a more stable thing. I think that'd be a fun thing to try out in the PTR or the, the experimental. Um, I'd definitely be down to, to play a couple of rounds like that. Um, and it would just, it would just keep things more dynamic. It would allow you to have um, specific strategies per team. And I think you'd have a, a better chance of seeing a, a better variety of heroes each week because each match would be different because each team has its different strengths. Yeah, it, it would be kind of that way too. And then, Obviously, when you change the patch notes, like if you if they say that they're going to change it as aggressively as they stated, um, what's going to happen is teams are going to be like, OK, well, McCree's a little weaker, um, but that's fine. Uh, we don't have to deal with banning McCree every time like we can deal with the McCree or, you know, they're they're pulling back May. They're pulling back the amount of stun. So it's OK. We can we don't have to deal with May all the time. Um let's ban something else instead let's prioritize something else um yeah so for example like if you're playing against the chung hunters what if you ban ball right like that that's one thing you ban ball and then you ban pharah like that's you ban nothing Literally yeah they, nothing. they have to play something different they have to play like a hit scan full like regular death ball on you well anyway let's move on to the the end of the news segment um we might talk a little bit more about this in the gameplay section, but um, we've got a new tournament structure coming to the league, according to John Spector, who is the VP of the Overwatch League. Um, so now that everything's kind of settled down with the coronavirus stuff, um, the last couple of weeks were a little bit rough. Um, the next couple of weeks, the first three weeks of May, which are the upcoming weeks, um, they'll have matches just like normal, but those tournaments and those results are going to be used to qualify for a, a, a two tournament um, run that's going to be happening. One tournament with the Asian division of seven teams and one tournament with the North American division of 13 teams happening on the end of May on the 23rd and 24th. Um, this is going to be a replacement for the mid season tournament, which was um, supposed to be for, I believe a $1 million prize, but due to some teams being unable to play for certain weeks and all this, um, an inability to to be in the same place and travel uh those plans obviously had to be scrapped um so the way it's going to happen is um the third going to be 13 teams competing in north america um based on the rankings of the next three weeks the 12 and 13 teams will start and they'll they'll duke it out and the winner is going to be placed into a bracket and then so the higher seed teams will choose their opponents so they're definitely going to be choosing some of the lower seed teams and then they'll just keep on advancing and this is going to be the same thing for the asian tournament 
except since that there are only seven, the top-ranked team is going to have a bye for the round, uh, for the first round, and then they'll just play more towards the end. Um, and the prizes for this are going to be both money and um, for record wins. So if you're in first place, you're going to get $40,000 in both tournaments. Plus, you'll also get three wins added to your record. Um, in the second place, you'll get $20,000 and two wins. And the two semifinalist teams will both get $5,000 each and one win added to your record. Um, every single win that you get throughout the tournament, though, is going to be a $5,000 prize to your pool. Um, and, and yeah, that's how they're going to be doing it. The brackets are still going to be based on regionality. So the, your seven Asian teams are the Charge, the Dragons, the Dynasty, the New York Excelsior, the New York Excelsior, uh, the Chengdu Hunters, the Spark, and the Spitfire, um, the Defiant, Eternals, Fusion, Gladiators, Justice, Mayhem, Outlaws, Reign, Shock, Uprising, Valiant will be in the North American division. Um, and starting next weekend, all like we've mentioned before, all the 13 teams that are in the North American division will be able to play against each other. Um, it's not going to be any more of just like the California teams facing against California teams or uh, East Coast, just East Coast. We're going to go back to um, everybody duking it out no matter where you are located. And um, hopefully they've figured out the technology so we don't have a lot of horrendous pauses and, and lag outs or uh, server connectivity issues. But I'm excited to see some of um, some of the, the big teams go against each other again. Yeah, I totally agree as well. Like, uh, finally, we get to see the Chinese teams play, uh, you know, some Atlantic North teams and add a little bit more to the uh, to the pool here. Uh, it's going to be really interesting to see all these teams uh, go head to head. Um, and I'm totally down to see it. I, I'm ready to, to see some more Overwatch, um, especially when you finally don't have to deal with uh, everybody playing in different sides of the world or anything. So. Um, yeah, let, let's just see what these tournaments mean and what it what it can end up turning out to be. So, um, yeah, this is definitely something that's going to be exciting to watch. Um, finally get some good, tasty Overwatch. Uh, but yeah, uh, I'm definitely looking for that. Uh, looking forward to the midseason tournament, um, which is going to make it, you know, more unified, especially after the coronavirus. All right, then. This has been our new segment which went a lot longer than i thought it would like we were talking before we actually started recording and i was like hey kevin am i missing anything this seems like a slow news week and then here we are talking for an hour yeah it's one of those things where you just kind of get caught up in terms of the the whole landscape of the overwatch league at the moment you want we both want this league to do well we want it to have something that has us coming back for more every week but and not just it's because at it's the point, yeah, where where we're just kind of we're just kind of cruising. Um, there's not a lot going on, and especially with you know newer games coming out, it is dragging a lot away from from this. So I honestly hope that Blizzard gets stuff all lined up in a row, uh, and then we can enjoy the games again. Yeah, I'm. I'm just. I really wish that the league had not had to i wish that they had postponed the homestands for at least a season so that like hopefully they would have been able to just figure some stuff out like get more established focus on maybe establishing contenders or whatnot and then when everything that that's all cool then next season we would have had the homestands and they would have been amazing we wouldn't have had to deal with the uh the the coronavirus hopefully by then and this is just assuming that we all survive it throughout this year and it goes away um but yeah uh yeah that's it for this week for the news section uh tune into our gameplay section we'll be going over um all the matches that happened this week uh, more trash talk on chipsa probably and talking about the hero bands and and the new tournament structure some more so um have a great week uh, stay inside stay safe and try to beat the heat Next week, we return to cross-continent play for the league as the teams prepare for the upcoming tournament. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you like what you hear, 
please like, rate, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms. And follow us on all social media at Believe in OWL. Questions or comments? Please send us an email at believeinowl at gmail.com. If you'd like to advertise with our show, please contact our network at believe.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big